Welcome to Fetish Week with your host, artist, writer, mentor, Dirk Hooper. Hi, I'm Dirk Hooper, and this is Fetish Week. This interview will be posted on X, where I have over 80,000 followers, my YouTube channel, and my legacy resource site, www.dirkhooper.com, which is now celebrating over 20 years. Please go check it out. I'll be posting the interview on other platforms as well to guard against censorship. You guys know all about that, I'm sure. Uh, this interview is sponsored by Sexy Networking where I offer help with personal branding, marketing, social media, web design, writing copy for the adult industry, and search engine optimization. To learn more, go to sexynetworking.com. My guest today is a professional dominatrix and luxury fendom from Dallas, Texas. She specializes in hypnosis, dronification, pain play, and fendom. Her kennel is open for turning lost little puppies into well-trained pedigrees and taking in cute little kittens and turning them into her own personal toys. The Baroness, welcome to Fetish Week. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Exhausted, but excellent. But it's just the line of work, you know? You've just You've been busy as hell, right? Oh my God, this last three months, maybe four, definitely three, has just been going up, 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 up. So I'm really, really happy to be here because this is the last thing I will do until I go on my hiatus. So, yeah, everyone should know she made some time for us so that she could uh, see everyone and do this interview and then relax for the next few weeks, which is awesome. I think. Most people are kind of in that mode. But in any case, I, I sure do appreciate you doing this before you hang it all up and take some much-deserved rest. I mean, how could I not? It's it's Fetish Week. Everybody knows about Fetish Week. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Well, my kind first... of fangirling a little bit. You're, you're what? You're fangirling? Uh -huh. Well, wow. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my first question to you is the first question that I have to everyone, which is what is your origin story? Let's go back to the beginning and tell us how you got into doing professional domination. Oh, well, that's a little bit doozy. I haven't been in the industry for a long time. I've been in the lifestyle without knowing for a while, you know, in relationships when you're in the bedroom and, you know, you're doing a little bit of choking, you're doing a little bit of everything and you just don't know that that's kink related. However, I found out about Findom because I first started as a Findom specifically right. um, on TikTok and everybody's going to come for me, but just wait a little bit. Oh no, do your thing. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I, Everyone starts somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I just posted random videos of myself because I was feeling myself. I thought I was really pretty and I wanted an audience. And someone one day was just like, hey, I really like your style. Can I be your pay pig? And me being kinky without knowing and not knowing anything about the fetish world was just like, what's a pay pig? And he started sending me gifts. And then he started sending me money. 
and then he started sending me links to get educated because he was like I really enjoy that you don't know what it is but I feel like you should know more about it so I started educating myself by the links he sent me and then right. I started educating myself just on Google you know like what is financial domination what is female domination even sure. like I had I had an idea but not really like a specific idea of what the rules were and I believe I took like two months of education before I jumped on Twitter and uh, I started doing Findom on Twitter. And then lo and behold, I got really popular. Um, I made quite a bit of money, but there was always something that was itching because I really liked sessions. I really liked when you know, Findom is all about uh, power exchange. So I really liked the power exchange part of it. I really liked sessioning. I really liked telling people what to do, what tasks to do, send them sending me pictures. And I really didn't like the free money part of it, if that makes sense. Like silence sends are hot up until a point. Um, if I don't know you, it's just, it's just free money. I know it sounds terrible to be like, ungrateful for free money but i'd rather have a session and take it from you you want a connection exactly i want i want a relationship not necessarily a ds relationship but just something i want to i want to connect um and then some things happened in my personal life where because of it i made a really big mistakes with one of my long-term submissives and that made me spiral and from that spiraling came my mentor, Madam Rabbit, who I explained my situation to. And she said, that's just honestly just a mistake because you're uneducated and you don't, you didn't take time to progress what happened to you. Right. And she connected me back with my submissive, basically, because she helped me understand what I'm doing. Like she wasn't part of like connect in the connection, but she helped me become a better version of myself. Sure connect with the submissive again and lo sure. and behold we're back together um <laughs> and with that she was like i really like your style but i think you could do more are you interested in in professional dominatrix there you of? go and i was like i'm very interested i just don't think i could do it and it was only online we took a little bit over six months because i'm i'm a fast learner but i do doubt myself sometimes because you know, as do as do we all exactly yeah, see all sure. these like dominatrixes online with like 30 80k followers and i'm like i couldn't do that but then i started doing it in sessions not just online yeah. but in person i was like well there you go it's just the same thing and she she just taught me everything about the basics of bdsm the basics of female domination the history the impact play how to do sub drop everything that i everything i know today other than hypnosis she taught me right yeah very interesting um it was long uh you're obviously not from dallas texas how did you where are you yeah. from originally uh, since i live about three hours away i can tell your accent's <laughs> not the same as mine I mean, how dare you? <laughs> um, no, I, I'm from Hungary, Eastern Europe. Um, cool. I moved to the States for political reasons. Um, Interesting. And I moved to Dallas specifically for the kink scene. Really? Uh, yeah, I used to live in near Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. And okay. I just couldn't really do anything other than online. 
And at the time, three of my online submissives were all of them in Dallas. So I was like, wow. oh, yeah, it, I just I just have to at this point. You figured that's to. the place to be. Oh, yeah. And I did not regret it one more time. Like it was just so wonderful. And uh, before I go really into Dallas, I just wanted to point out something that I'm not sure if you're going to ask, but I think it's a really cool, like quirky thing about me that I like to like bring up about how I got my name. Right. Yeah. And I'm an actual descendant of a baroness from Hungary, Elizabeth Bathory. She's the one who took like, you know, like oh, I know. baths. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, um, I know Bathory, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's not great, but she's great. But she's not great. But she's kind of an icon. It's like. For sure. And I'm a descendant from my dad's side. And I realized that Baroness just strikes like an authority. So I started becoming Baroness as soon as I figured out that that's actually a dominatrix archetype because it used to be Mistress Ashley, which I just cannot. Oh, Baroness is so much better. Oh, yeah. Mistress there's Ashley a, is just, she's dead. There's a hundred trillion mistresses and nothing's wrong with that either. But no, of course uh, not. Speaking from a branding standpoint, there's very few Baronesses. So I think mm -hmm. that you made the right choice. That's cool. I actually follow and, and I'm all glad the Baronesses. You... What's that? I actually follow all the Baronesses on Twitter that do oh, yeah. sex work. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, it's even cooler that you have an actual connection to. Yeah. Yeah. I could uh, actually say that heritage. it's in my blood. Yeah. So yeah. Very it's cool. my right to do so. Absolutely. That's cool. <laughs> and um, I think it's fascinating. How long ago was it that you moved to Dallas? A little bit over a year, actually. Not that long. It's it's fascinating to me as someone who's lived in this area for a long time and make jokes about uh, Oklahoma City not being the uh, fetish capital of the world. It's interesting that someone moved to Dallas because of kinky stuff. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, a lot of people are shocked and amazed that even in Oklahoma City here, which is not anywhere near as big a city as Dallas is, still has at least two, maybe three public groups that each have their own dungeon. And I mean, I don't know how many groups now, let's say 10, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, different groups that meet at people's houses and stuff uh, and have had that since back when I started, which was in the nineties and has just evolved over time. There's a lot of kinky activity that goes on around here. Um, and even more so in Dallas, because Dallas is a, is a bigger, um, you know, more metropolitan city. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's interesting that someone would move to this part of the country when I think that most people would associate uh, kink stuff with probably Los Angeles and, and New York. Oh, yeah. Um, predominantly. And maybe, may, sure. Or, or maybe Miami or something kind of because of some of the mostly because of like uh, the fetish factory being around there and all of the mm -hmm. fetish balls and stuff they have. So, uh, but uh, Dallas just had a fetish ball. Did you go to that? Oh yeah. I went this year. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, my yeah. dress did not come in time. So I had to come up oh, with no. something in the closet, but <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was really huge. Um, my only complaint was that it was on the same uh, weekend as uh, beyond vanilla, which Right. Which was not great because I was there too. So, yeah. yeah. Why would they run that at the same time? 
I just don't think that they communicated with each other. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're not totally, but you know, half of your crowd is the same in both places. Oh yeah. I would think, uh, you'd think you'd run that, uh, separately, but in any case, uh, I think it's cool that you're in Dallas and that you chose to go there for kink reasons. That's awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> You've <laughs> taught several seminars, you said. Mm-hmm. What are the subjects that you taught? Mainly it's hypnosis. I also teach and mentor in Findom specifically. I really advocate for ethical Findom play. I don't personally like it and people may be very mad at me on the internet but i don't like the old fuck you pay me it's a very good trigger it's a very good bait tweet but don't actually practice that and um i also am about to hold a seminar about dronification which is a subgenre of uh hypnosis it's a little bit more dangerous before you go into either hypnosis or dronification no it's okay uh, both of those I'm going to ask you about. Let's talk a little bit about ethical fendom and what that means to you, because I think I think a lot of people need to to hear from someone uh, who who knows about that and can articulate it. So, number one thing I would tell everybody who's watching or listening to this is, it's really hard to find someone who will who will pay you for just being pretty. It's really hard to find someone who is just going to send you money and not expect anything in return. If you go on Google and type on what is financial domination, the, I know, Wikipedia uh, says that a pay pig or submissive FinSub will send you money and will expect nothing in return. I'm not saying that it's necessarily untrue. I'm just saying that it's really important to understand the basics of BDSM in that uh in this sort of things because even though they might not accept like even though they are not trying to get anything from you it would benefit everybody involving you and the submissive if you would know the basics of a of a dominant submissive dynamic yes and Definitely. you would understand consent as well um, yes i see a lot of bait tweets where I'm not sure if they are actually bait tweets or reality where they don't understand the difference between blackmail and findom and it goes too far. And I I just really don't like that part of findom, to be honest. I like blackmail. I like the fantasy, but you have to understand safe words and you have to understand consent. Um, because without these things, you don't know if you're actually ruining someone's life. Sure. So, uh, you know, I look. I've been around this community for a long time, and I will tell you that there are a lot of people who, a lot of professionals who have very strong opinions about uh, fendom, and I will tell you that uh, a lot of uh, lifestyle players have even more of a problem with fendom. Oh, yeah. They also have problems with professional dominatrix, uh, oh yeah, dominatrices. So you know that goes into a whole other thing, but you know. I, Look, I talk to everyone and try to, to, you know, get them going kind of on the right track if I have an opportunity. Yeah. And what you just mentioned is very important. What I try to do is tell people that Fendom, and, and look, this is not this is not being critical of either Fendoms or Fend subs, but financial domination typically operates in like 10% of BDSM. 
Oh yeah. There, there are some words that, you know, like you say, trigger words and there are, there's a, there's a dynamic there that is, you know, BDSM, but it's BDSM light. It's only, it's mm-hmm. a very, very, very small specific portion. And you don't really have to know much of it to get the reaction that you want out of someone who is into it. And, and mind you, there are a lot of financial submissives out there who also don't know much about BDSM and don't, you know, they don't know either. And so you're kind of, you know, uh, dancing around the, you know, the third rail of, of BDSM, you're close to it. You can still get the same feelings from it in some cases, Mm -hmm. but it's still not as deep or in, in many cases, there are some cases where, um, you know, financial domination is every much as deep as, as, uh, you know, people who are lifestyle players and stuff, but predominantly, predominantly what is out there is a, is using a small section of BDSM and playing in that. And then, you know, people on both sides will come to me and go, something's missing here. You know, Oh yeah. This, this connection is not correct or, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm not getting what I want out of this or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's because, you know, you're, you're just, you're not totally into either one or both partners don't know enough about where all of this comes from. They need to know more about, you don't have to know the history as much, although that helps, but you need to know the the fundamental, the foundational elements of, of BDSM. Oh Yeah. That, that it will make exactly it will make everyone's play better <laughs> oh yeah and it's really By a long shot it's it's really interesting that you brought up uh the connection because ultimately the reason i i uh went to professional dominatrix style is because i was missing the connection i can only tell so many times how many times you will hit yourself with a flogger but yeah. inflicting that plane is so much better yeah, you know, look, I have had in my experience, I've been around a while. I've had, uh, you know, virtual uh, connections with people, and they can be very intense. Mm-hmm. But it's it's never the same. Never the same as mm-hmm. when you're when you're one on one with someone, when you're breathing the same air, and uh, it's never as much as when you're in like a real relationship where you have you know, you've established boundaries and you have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, established roles and you, you know, you continue down that path together. That is the, that's where all the magic happens. Exactly. Uh, you get that feeling of magic, It's the you know, way. with some of the other things, but it's never the same as if, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're really, you know, the whole thing and you're going all the way. Oh yeah, I almost quit uh, Findom altogether once I started having returning clients. But then I got a lot of messages about, "Hi, I'm from the UK. I would really like to do some tasks for you, but I can't fly to you." So I could try to tell them to look for other dominants, but when they say I have, and I just, I just really want to do this specific kink with you because I think you're, you're better at this one than. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm I'm just quoting. Um, yeah, I I just I just felt really bad, and I was like, 
we could do online session, we can do sexting, we can do, you know, Skype session, but I 100% agree. If I would have an online session and an in real life session lined up, I would always 100% choose the in real life session because there's just a chemistry there. Uh, I, and again, I have had relationships that uh, I'm certainly not throwing stones at, at having virtual relationships or getting to know someone in that regard. Although, you know, when I did that, it was always kind of under the auspices of, hey, at some point we're going to meet, oh, yeah. you know, at some point we're going to get together. You know, that was the idea. But, you know, and also you have to realize that, yeah, you're going to connect with certain people, particularly like there are far, far, far fewer uh, female dominance than there are uh, male submissives. And so due to that and due to also other restrictions like the distance that you are from people and also the fact that some people are married and they can't really, yeah. you know, they, they all they have is time for the for, you know, the virtual stuff. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever, whatever wrong with that. was your pickle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, there are going to be certain people that are like, you are the person, you're the one that I want to submit to. You have the style or the look or the, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the, the, the skill set that people are looking for. And, uh, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but know that there is a big wide world out there of stuff that, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you should probably do a little research on. I think that it would solve a lot of the people's problems on, on both sides, on both oh, sides. Oh yeah. I, I personally have a secret agenda whenever there is an online submissive. I'm always like, come to, come to my discord server because I have so many education up there. And I'm just like, if you happen to read them, I mean, you know, accidentally educate yourself. Oh no. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, look, you know, one of the reasons why I do this is to educate people mm -hmm. with giving them a, a wider world and educate myself. Oh, I'm yeah. still learning. I will continue to learn for as long as I draw breath. I will continue to learn BDSM and how people approach these things and how they do it. Um, and I think that if you love this, that, you know, that should be a component oh, yeah. of, of what you do, which is to, to, uh, you know, to learn, to learn, continue oh, yeah. to learn on both sides, on both sides. I, I believe that I'm going to be a hundred years old and I will still find new stuff. Uh, yeah, there's really so much good... stuff out there. <laughs> there's so much, so many, <laughs> so much. Things. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Also, it's, it's, it's really important to not only connect with like, um, do connect with veterans, but i I felt that it's really important to connect with novices too, because they will come from the new age BDSM and the new age era. And I will be like, Oh my God, I've never known this before, you know? So just, yeah. The two uh, together. Oh yeah. I certainly don't limit my, uh, my outreach to people who are, you know, experienced or something. Uh, I, I will say that, that one of the things that I think really um, personifies the, the younger crowd mm -hmm. is that they are so much more open-minded mm -hmm. than, than the older crowd. And um, some of the, particularly when you're talking about, you know, roles and, and gender roles and kind of how you deal with this sort of stuff, uh, you know, very much the, the older crowd in general, in general, 
<laughs> tend to be much more reserved on certain things. Mm-hmm. And the younger crowd tends to be a lot more open-minded and accepting yeah. of certain stuff. Uh, and yet there's still, you know, we just talked about, you know, some, some biases regarding money and the community that's still very much there. Mm-hmm. And um, will always be there. And will always be there. And I will also say that I've been to enough parties with uh, dominatrices where even just being a female dominant to some people is very threatening for whatever reason. Oh, really? And there, there are, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had to physically defend friends before at parties when they found out that someone was, uh, was a dominatrix. And, um, you know, again, it's getting better, but there are definitely, you know, the community still can very much be like uh, third grade school kids with their, <laughs> with their clicks and their backstabbing and their oh, speeding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, that still very much exists. And, uh, you know, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that because you're talking about it's like Game of Thrones, but it's with <laughs> sex. So, <laughs> so it is Game well, of Thrones. <laughs> so it is Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> Uh, so there is definitely going to be, you know, evil machinations between different people for the purposes of, you know, because they want what you have or or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I just, I personally, of course, I have my own clique. Everybody has their own support group. I call, sure, sure. We, we do call each other mean yeah, girls, but because we are just pretty. <laughs> but anyways, um <laughs> It's really interesting that you brought it up because I feel like a lot of dominants who are female kind of feel like the newer doms are threatening their um, their their posture or like where they are in the field. And I I personally feel like together we could just rule all the men. Why don't we just all come together and with all the respect, rule all men. I mean, and women. Yeah. I, I love my little I, kitties too. But I, I just feel like even if you don't like someone, just let them be. Just, just be open-minded. Let them be. Be with your own clique. It doesn't. You don't have to take someone down just because you don't like them. You know. Uh, I talk to friends who are doms about and clients about this all the time. You have no competition. We we, we talked yes. earlier about how someone from far away said, you are the person that I want to submit to. Mm-hmm. And that's because for that individual person, you just have whatever the it factor, yep. you have the look, you have the style, you have the demeanor, you have the skill set. Someone, yep. no, only you have that skill set. Only the Baroness has that unique je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is the Baroness, right? Mm -hmm. And the other people who are, I mean, look, there are a lot of doms in Dallas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I know many of them. But each of you have your own thing. You're not competing against each other. I don't understand. I don't understand why you're not working together to create events or to network or to uh, compile resources or to make things happen together teach each other 
give each other spaces to, to do stuff, mm-hmm. share ideas, you know, because frankly, there's enough submissive men to go around, even submissive men who have money to, to support this sort of stuff. There's more that, I mean, look, I, I, I talk about this every episode that I do this dumb thing. There's a Dom deficit. I, 10, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I did a, a survey on several dating sites where all I did simply is look at how many people identified as submissive male and how many people identified as dominant female. And the numbers were 20 to one. So for every 20 submissive dudes, there is one dominant woman. And I, I will say that since then it's been a while again. And because there is a younger crowd, that number may be shrinking a little bit. There are a lot of changes now. But even if it's 18 to one, that's the reason why that's the reason why dominant women can, you know, charge whatever, however much they do per hour. And so because there's a deficit. There is a, it, it's a, uh, it's capitalism. It's supply oh, yeah. and demand. There's oh, yeah. very low supply and there's very high demand, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you being, being with or helping other doms in your area doesn't affect that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you still I... have the high demand. And mm-hmm. imagine if you could do double dom sessions. Oh, I love double doming. If you just bounce yeah. off of each other. Then and... you both make the same amount of money. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. you know, you provide a unique experience. You make a connection. You both have, you know, toys, locations, outfits, whatever that you have. Um, you know, I don't have to tell you that in some cases, just having someone that will sit there and mm-hmm. watch... A, a uh, well, I mean, it can be it can be dynamic for a, a submissive that's into humiliation. Mm-hmm. He may be used to being humiliated in front of you, but he may not be used to being humiliated in front of a stranger who's sitting in the corner watching. Being passed so, around is a kink. Yes. So, in any case, I I am a big advocate of doms helping each other out, whether they are experienced or are they new to the scene or whatever. Um, and I've had limited success mm-hmm. in getting people behind that, but uh, I'm very glad to hear that that you said that uh, you know you would you would like to see more cooperation between uh, DOMs as well. Oh yeah, I I mean I don't go on Twitter to just like you know toot my own horn. I go on Twitter to also help the other dominants reach their their audiences. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, because I do coffee consultations before any scene, because we need to negotiate if it's going to work. Every single time a negotiation is not working because we just don't have the vibe, I immediately go on my Twitter and I'm like, I have these three Dallas dominatrixes. If you're interested, reach out to them. Because just because I'm not the there one that too. you want yep. doesn't mean that you're you're not going to find it. And, you know, That's it's, exactly just, right. it's just courtesy. Because I want everybody to be successful. I want everybody to have a good time. So I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna like be like, oh my god, I know this submissive, and I'm just gonna put him in my pocket. That's just. Right. It's just shame. Right. Right. Um. So let's get into a couple of the things that you talked about. Let's talk about 
how do you use hypnosis in play? Oh, yes. Wonderful. So what is hypnosis? Hypnosis is anything from the fantasy of being brainwashed, of being hypnotized to do something against your own will, to it's basically just a suggestion, a manipulation. No one, and this is disclaimer, I'm so sorry, submissives, but no one can actually be brainwashed and no one can actually be told what to do if in your subconscious you're like, mm, I'm not going to like that. You, you will not do it. However, right. what hypnosis right. is, is just basically intense, repetitive flirting with very specific trigger words and very specific tone and I would say timing that will manipulate your brain chemistry into, into believing everything the dominant says. Therefore, it's dropping you into a hypnospace, which will allow you to be in sub, subspace way, way faster. So hypnosis is basically just manipulation, but in a consensual way. Let me ask you a, a question about something, and I may be way off, off target here. It what you just described sounds like neuro linguistic programming. Is that does that ring a bell with you, or do, is that something that I I want to say I did hear that when I was researching dronification, but I don't want to say that I know exactly what it is because I don't okay. want to like come off weird. But I did hear that phrase I don't know every totally, now and then. I don't know totally about it either, but I, I'm familiar with it, and I was just curious if that was the the method. You yeah. said you did some some research. What, where did you do some research on this, on this topic? Oh, um, so one of the really good things about hypnosis is that a lot of people practice it without you knowing. You can look up regular hypnosis, like just people, you know, being hypnotized to act like a chicken, and that is kind of what the basis of uh, erotic hypnosis is. Okay. But instead of asking me, asking you to like be a chicken, I'm gonna ask you that you're gonna lick my feet. Um, okay. also one of the basis of hypnosis is that I cannot, and I would say no hypnotist can work with a client who is not going to give you any other kinks. Hypnosis basically just amplifies the kink that you have because you can't read their mind. You. Exactly. Um, so you can't really get off just from hypnosis because it amplifies whatever kinks you already have. And what it's doing is it's it's manipulating your brain chemistry and it's not really using the fear pheromones like in, in uh, BDSM, like impact play, but it's doing more of the um, the fantasy one where you're imagining things and they become reality and the dopamine keeps rising. And then, you know, the big release is just regular BDSM release. Right. But. Um, oh, yeah. Where do I find it? I lost yeah. track for a second. Yeah, what are your, yeah, what are your, uh, uh, your um, sources? Where, where did you discover this? I don't know if I'm allowed to like tell where I'm going specifically, but I will. It's not sponsored. But one of the things I really like to go to is HexCorp, like H-E-X-C-O-R-P. They are more dronification based, but dronification is hypnosis. It's just... Um, it's just everything is latex and everything, and you don't have personality. Basically, we'll get to it probably later. Yeah, I, that's my next question. <laughs> go, go ahead and let's let's stick with hypnosis for a moment. Okay. Because I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with the dronification too. Go, go ahead okay. with with hypnosis. 
but <laughs> I, I do a lot on HexCorp. Um, okay. I do a lot on just putting erotic hypnosis on Twitter and see okay. how people try to engage with their audience. And I really hate to say it, but the best way to learn is to practice. Um, I got I got really, really lucky. One of my uh, submissives that is the longest uh, longest on submissives of my life was mm -hmm. really into hypnosis and he's been practicing it for over a decade. Wow. And he basically taught me like a bunch of things like, hey, I really liked wow. it, but and so. and ASMR. Ladies and gentlemen, ASMR. That's basically hypnosis. I love ASMR. Oh yeah. If you love well, ASMR, you love hypno. <laughs> never interesting you know not in the context of bdsm i, I love it. it it makes me tired it helps me mm. wind down to you know i go to twitch and i find someone who's doing asmr or whatever and then i wind down from from the day or whatever mm -hmm. a lot of um it helps me whenever kind of check someone, out <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's the whole point the whole point of hypnosis for my point of view is to use that ASMR voice and try to make you as relaxed as possible to forget any worries you have because you're here to relax. And then when you drop into deep space, which is like you're in subspace basically, and mm -hmm. you're like very suggestible, I give you little tasks to do for me. And because I already put uh, suggestible words in your mind, like you're going to love doing things for me you're already manipulated into, into doing whatever I want because you're already wanting to be manipulated, right? I can't manipulate right. you or, or hypnotize you if you don't right. want to. That's just right. You've work. got a, right. You have a willing participant in mm -hmm. this. I would and say. And a motivated. Oh yeah. I would say yeah. hypnosis is basically one of the only kinks where if I try to do it, consent is basically immediately given because it either works or not and if it doesn't work you either don't believe it or you, i don't have consent and i'm just talking asmr out of my ass but <laughs> but yeah asmr has the same little brain chemistries it's just it's also the you know the little mouth movements and the little sounds that like triggers i don't really understand what but like they fire the neurons to like go and work because there is like you know, yeah. you, you know, I do. Um, <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Let's talk about dronification because we, we talked online a little bit about dronification. And, and we also talked a little bit earlier about how I feel like I can continue to learn some aspect of this mm -hmm. community for the rest of my life. Dronification is something that I'm not really familiar with. So let me sit back for a moment and let you teach me about what dronification is. Oh, wonderful. So dronification is a subgenre of hypnosis, of, er of erotic hypnosis specifically. It kind of started with the letter community uh, and the latex community combining together with hypnosis. A drone through dronification becomes it. It's not a person anymore. It's a plaything. It's a toy. It's something to be presented as the main the main the primary goal of dronification is to wipe out all of emotions all thoughts all everything that makes you human so i can mold you into whatever i want you to be 
that could be a sex toy, that could be a hump drone, that could be just someone who follows me at fetish events and looks pretty. The main thing is that you are willing to give up your whole personality, whatever makes you human, because you want me to create a new personality for you. One of the things that supports dronification um, is wearing full cat suits, full on latex, also a gas mask or any mask that the, the ones that just cover your whole face and right. usually cat ears. It's, it's not ne necessary, but it's really, it's really popular in the community to just have the, uh, the hats at cat ears. Uh, and the reason why I mentioned cat ears and not just because it looks good, but the more unique you are, the less drone-like you will be. You have to be in a line. You cannot stand out. You just have to be one of the many masses, one of the many drones. I just go on and pick that one. You cannot be special. And that's the whole thing about it. It's kind of, kind of going on with the humiliation, but not in a fact that I'm actively going to humiliate you, but into the, into the point of you're going to give up everything right and you and you give in uh okay now that that makes sense to me uh Good. you're you're losing you're giving up your personality mm -hmm. to become a sex object yep or anything i want you to be um, or whatever yeah i just wanted to show off something uh and teach some of my friends who are also into hypnosis or dronification, number one thing you want to do if you're a novice or if oh, you, you just want to be nice yeah. to yourself yeah. is to write yourself a script for the love of God. Don't just go off of your like mind. If you're really into hypnosis and you've been practicing it for years, you might be able to hypnotize someone, but just do yourself a favor and write a script because they will have to close their eyes anyway. You might as well just read it off. It's just not, grab your your notebook and read from the notebook. It's it it sounds weird that someone's no, no. going to sit there and read, but it's what no, ASMR that sound, is. That doesn't sound weird at all. Um, so you have a notebook there. Is that just one session, or is that multiple sessions? That was forty one pages of unification okay. purely, just one session. Okay. Okay. All right. I have I have smaller ones. I have one that is hypnosis for pet play. I have another drone. I just I just write whatever scene I can. It's basically fantasy play, and it makes me a better hypnotist because instead of being like, "Oh my God, what am I gonna say next?" What do I say next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I already know what I'm saying because one and of the big what, things. Sorry. Go ahead. What what situations? What is the what is the status of the submissive? What are they doing while you're doing this? Do you remove, do you put them in a blindfold or do you? So it really depends. Do you do impact on, play first or? Very good question, actually. It really depends on, you know, everybody's risk profiles because some people don't like to be uh, blindfolded. It's, if it's just about hypnosis and if you're just, let me let me go back. Um, sure. One of the things about hypnosis is that there are specific triggers. You can be triggered by voice only. You can be triggered by uh, visual effects, which are I'm sure everybody saw the spirals or like the fuzzy effects. 
or you can be, um, or it could be a pendant that is swinging. I usually uh, like to put spirals over my chest because boobs are a big trigger in this community too. Uh, but whatever triggers you, you want to use that specific thing that will help you go under hypnosis. So if you don't like spirals or if you, for some reason, have any health issues where you cannot look at like strobes, mm -hmm. just close your eyes or have a blindfold on. Um, okay. I've never met anyone who had an issue before, but number one thing you have to ask is like, do you have any any problems with spirals or strobes? Because I don't want to take you to the ER. Obviously, we're here to play. But, right. <laughs> but I usually just sit them down with like an iPad where there is like a pre-made picture that I made. Um, and they stare at it because it spirals and it, it goes. And there's also like a specific hurt I like to put in the in the background. So it kind of like triggers your brain into like, I have to focus on that sounds because it's fucking with my ears. And because you're <laughs> focusing on the sound, I can just sit there and read my script. And once I read my script, it goes to your next question. Once you're hypnotized, I can use you. So I would say that the hypnosis is like a pre-play um of some sort because i can hypnotize you to be my my pain doll my sex doll whatever i want you to be and very very important thing before we go off topic you always have to bring your subject up which is um you know just counting down from like five to zero or ten to one whatever you use but even if even if the scene is like ending and even if like something happened that will like like shook you off and you have to end the session, I would highly recommend just counting from five to zero or whatever, because that will that will give like a very specific trigger to your brain. Like, okay, we are done. This is ending. Right. There is no reason to do a drop. We are ending. So yeah, I talk your ears off. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I uh, talk about this for hours. That's awesome. No, that's what I want. That's perfect. Uh, you really enjoy impact play, obviously. And it seems to me from reading what you have out there that you particularly like whips, right? Mm -hmm. um, what uh, is it about whips that intrigue you? And uh, how did you learn whip play? And uh, I'll, I'll just let you start with that. Okay. So very, very funny story. I did not want to whip. I will say it with chest. I was terrified of it. I was like, that's too loud. <laughs> it's too, it's too long. I don't want to. What if I what if I hit someone's head off, right? Right. Um, and then my mentor Rabbit was like, Well, Baroness, you cannot graduate if you don't know whipping, because that's one of my things that I teach to every single mentee. So I had to sit with myself and decide, do I want to learn a new skill that I really don't want to, or do I find a new mentor? And I gave in. I, I asked a submissive to buy me a whip and I was like, you know what, if I don't like it, I'll just be honest with her and say that I tried it, but I just didn't like it. Yeah. And it was very scary first. Everybody who is new, new to like actual whips, like not floggers, but like whips, right. whips it's very scary. You it are is. 100%. It's intimidating. Oh my God. It's so, it's so loud. 
It is. <laughs> you are 100,000% going to hit yourself. That's going to happen. You're going to have yeah. marks and that's okay. Even if you are very skilled, sometimes it lashes back and that's okay. Um, and what happened is she gave, she was really mean because she's like, I know what will, I know what will have you going. I want you to uh, get a bottle cap and I want you to whip oh. that off a table. And I was like, fuck, she knows that I'm challenge based. Got it. Uh. <laughs> and I practiced, I practiced as long as I remember until I could take a bottle cap off from, I believe it's uh, seven feet away at this point uh, with the tip of a whip. And when I did it, I was so excited. And then I realized that I learned the skills and it's automatic at this point. Yep. And I was like, you know what? If I can take a bottle cap off with the approval of my mentor, I would like to do it on a submissive. And I did it on my submissive that is long term. And I fucking loved every second of it just to see <laughs> just to see all the marks there or to see the moan. And one of the things is that I love to do is to mind fuck with people to just crack the whip like next to you because yes. you're just like, oh, my God. And yes. uh and I was just like, why am I, why am I so into it? I was, I was so afraid. And then, uh, accidentally I had history class with rabbit and she's like, did y'all know? Cause it was a class. Did y'all know that the first whip dress was a baroness? And I was like, son of a bitch. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in full time, full time. <laughs> she whipped her husband cause she, he, he was just a dick, I believe. 1950s <laughs> but yeah 1850s, <laughs> my bad but i was just like yeah that's that's it that's my calling i do prefer floggers though for some reason i really like the notion of you know when it goes like in a loop um i really like to leave marks i'm very good with a crop i can hit you wherever i want and i will and i just i can't really say what is the one thing that i love about impact play but there are multiple things. It's the moan. It's this. It's it's the symphony of like moaning and hurting and me laughing. It's just it's just it's a beautiful orchestra. And I'm an artist. That's awesome. If you were going to tell someone who is interested in getting into whip play, mm -hmm. what would you how what would you suggest that they do? From a dominant side, target practice. Practice everywhere you can. Practice on a chair, practice on a water water bottle. Get more than one whip. Try to try to buy a shorter one. I Short was, ones, long ones. I, I was I would say if you if you're a perfectionist like me, buy a long one. Because once you can aim with a long one, you can aim with a short one too. It just takes sure. a little like practice. Sure. Um short one definitely will get you the hang of it faster and definitely will give you like the um like the motion down um shorter also is better at a dungeon i cannot for, for the sure. love of me find a dungeon that supports <laughs> right. a seven feet whip right only in hollywood yeah only in hollywood oh, movies yeah. do you have dungeons that are massive you know <laughs> i i just can't. i i bring my whip and i'm like it's useless <laughs> anywhere i yeah. go you need too um, much space Oh yeah. So target practice, definitely, uh, learn the, the basic impact play wherever you are not allowed to hit it. Same goes for, um, of course. same goes for whips too. 
if you hit someone in their ear or their neck, it's fine. Don't be too hard on yourself, but you do need to practice a little bit more. Accidents will happen, but end the play there and make sure they're fine. So as a submissive, definitely experience floggers or crops or canes before you experience a whip, unless you really want to experience a whip, which I guess whatever tickles your pickle. But be ready that it's going to stink and be ready that it's going to be scary. One of the reasons uh, submissives really like whip is instead of me standing close to you and you Mm -hmm. know when the impact is going to happen, you have zero idea what I'm going to hit you. You you don't see me. You don't see anything. It's basically fear play at that point. It's fear play with impact play together. So as a submissive, just make sure that you're okay with fear and you definitely want to speak up if it's too much. I have experienced a submissive who wanted to please me because they knew that I was really into whipping and that was my first whipping ever with someone who I didn't know. And they went on way beyond their threshold and they were like, and they were (laughs) telling me, they were telling me the day after that they are just really hurting and they don't think that they like it. And I'm just going to say, if you don't use your safe word, I don't really know what to do. I, c- I could tell if you can't take it, but it just looked like you can take it, you know? So yeah. definitely speak up if you can take more. You don't have to be Always. perfect. Always. And Who's keeping score? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. better to speak up and be able to, you know, you don't want to be either physically or emotionally damaged from something. Mm-hmm. Much better to just go, hey, look, uh, we got to, we got to either calm down or we got to wrap up this this session. Oh yeah, and just because you know, it doesn't mean it's it's the end of it, you know. Right, right. Uh, yeah, don't don't be afraid to use your safe word. It's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Very important. Mm-hmm. Where where do you get your whips? Um, I get it from Etsy. Uh, I do get it from Amazon sometimes. You want to make sure you don't go with the cheapest ones. One of Certainly the issues. Not. One of the issues. <laughs> How do I show it? Let's see. One of the issues with the cheaper ones is that it looks nice, but there is mm-hmm. no core. And if there is no core, right? Not not only it's not gonna hurt that we want, but you can't really tell where it's gonna go because it's just empty. Yeah. Um, but Etsy is wonderful for anything BDSM related. I don't know why I haven't bought everything there, honestly. <laughs> um, Snake whips are really good. Bull whips are a favorite. But I would say if you're a beginner, definitely try a snake whip first because it's it's really sturdy. It's not going to hurt you that much if you hit yourself. But if you intentionally hit someone, it's going to hurt just fine. Um, have you bought whips at like... Uh, conventions. Whatever. Conventions, craft shows, whatever. Uh, I haven't yet because accidentally every single time there's a convention, I'm always broke because I spend my money immediately <laughs> when I get it. I know, I know how that is. Um, I know how that is. I, I saw a beautiful whip at Fetish Bowl and I was so mad, but it was just out of my price range. Um, but yeah, I there do want to go ahead. Oh, the, I was at a, I was at a show in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was there for a, I was actually doing a, a, a podcast from there, BDSM podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And um, there was a guy there that did metalworking, and he made a he made a paddle that was all out of metal, wow. and it looked like a sword, except it wasn't sharp. You know, it was just yeah. a big, like you know, yeah. And must have been uh, heavy. You know, it was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was uh, wanted it so bad. It was expensive, though. I mean, it's a piece. It's a it's a forged mm-hmm. piece of. It's like a a weapon. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I I debated on it for like a, a day or two, and then I thought, you know what? I, you know, look, if I do this, I'm you know maybe I don't eat this evening, <laughs> but if I leave this thing here, mm-hmm. I will regret it for the rest of my because I knew I would never see it again. Mm-hmm. And I you get I it? did. I bought the thing and it is amazing. It is amazing. It is uh, intimidating and awesome. So sometimes you just got to, you know, take the pain, take the financial pain (laughs) to have something. Cause I knew it was a signature piece that I would never see again. You know, it was so important. I'm so glad that I did that. Oh yeah. Uh, Trust so me, every, you gotta, I, I just I just know to save yeah. up before any event now because I didn't know that there's gonna be so many toys. I right. wanted like seven at least for in right. non vanilla itself. Yeah, so. and like these, you know, these uh garage mechanics come up with mm-hmm. these crazy things that again, if you don't get them right there, they're uh, I mean they're gone. Yeah. You know, they might be at the next convention or something, but they may not, or you may mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. you know. So if it's something that you, yeah, take your, take your money <laughs> to these things. Listen uh, to that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me ask you about, as a professional dominatrix, where you advertise for your, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's, um, you know, social media or whether it's yeah. a service and, to be more specific about why I'm asking this question now, were you affected by the ban on arrows? Oh my God. I'm going to start with that one. Go ahead. Yeah. Great. Actually, I'm going to start with the beginning. Sure. Whatever. I've you, you do been, you. <laughs> Oh yeah. Thank you. I've been kind of big on Findom Twitter. Right. And then I transitioned and I'm like, I'm just going to keep advertising on Twitter. And then I decided I'm going to advertise on FetLife because I had the FetLife, but I never posted anything on it. And I wouldn't say, you know, I got like a lot of customers, but I have some returning clients at this point through only through Twitter and FetLife. And then I was talking to my letter sisters who are in the academy where I learned. And we were talking about like, where are the clients? Because it's, you know, Christmas season, et cetera, et cetera. And they were like, where are you getting your clients? And I'm like, Twitter and FetLife. And they were like, hold on. Are you telling me you're not advertising on Eros? Right. I was like, should I? And Rabbit was like, what do you mean? I told you to do it. And I was like, oopsie. So I went on to (laughs) put on my advertising on Eros. Like I created a profile. And the day I created the profile, they banned it. The day of. So it was, oh, just, no. it was just hilarious. I was like, <laughs> wow. I came in, I came in and I banned BDSM. Like my fault. Um, but the other side that I'm trying <laughs> It was to, your fault. It it's purely my fault. Just it's just me. I'm sorry, guys. I wanted to be a part of it and they were scared. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but other than arrows, the other side that I'm trying to get verified on is Trist. It's T-R-Y-S-T, I believe, dot link. It's another site like arrows. It just takes a while to to get approved. So so yeah, I know that I'm not so to answer kind of like a sub-question, I only advertise on Twitter and FetLife and I only get kind of lifestyle clients. I haven't got any like politicians or whatever who are on arrows. But I, I enjoy lifestyle submission though, because they are so cute and they are just like, oh my God, it's working. So I just just love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated by what different people try. And, you know, it, sometimes people are in places and they're getting results where mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect. And, yeah. you know, that goes to how each person is different and you have a different crowd that might be attracted to who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's interesting that you weren't on it because look, Eros is, is a platform that's been around for a long time and it was originally for domination. That was the point of the, oh, I didn't know. of the service huh. was to offer domination. And then they started getting into other things and now they're only the other things, which is, oh, yeah. uh, and for what reason? I mean, uh, there hasn't been any, um, there certainly hasn't been any laws that have been passed that would require them to get out of that. Uh, you know, why would you not just take the money, you know, and let that exist? There has to be a legal reason that we don't know. It, I mean, that I feel that way too, but I can't imagine that professional domination is less or, or more taboo than what they're advertising. Right I now. know. I without know. saying it, because I'm not saying it because, you know, this is going to be on YouTube and I don't want to be, of <laughs> I don't want to be banned. But, you know, the thing that they do allow is explicitly illegal in some places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Professional domination is a gray area, you know, a very much a gray area, if anything. Mm-hmm. And in most places is completely ignored because you know, that's not what they're concerned with at all. What you guys do is not what they're concerned with. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a, again, yeah, it's a, it's, it's gray or, you know, just something there they don't follow. So I don't understand why Eros would not welcome that. So anyway, and I I have looked, I've tried to find like some sort of explanation from them or from someone who knows what's going on. And I've yet to see anything. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to me. The The only thing I know is that uh, one of my letter sisters, Mistress L was, you know, she was like, so what do I do? I don't want to advertise as the other thing because I'm not right. the other thing. Exactly. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, and she was like, can I get my money back? Because I already have money Everyone's going to be, right. And they said, no, you can just advertise as the other one. They, they're not sending and it back either. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. And both people are going to be disappointed. Oh, <laughs> you're yeah. Going to have, you're going to have clients that don't understand what you do. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're not going to get out of it what they're looking for. Honestly, so, maybe we just need a new site. Maybe we there's just no question about it. 
maybe we just need to get all the you know the the IT subs out there to be like build a new site. I don't understand why there isn't already another very clear cut site where you can go to and mm-hmm. you know advertise on these things. I don't yeah. understand why we don't have an adult social media site that allows you specifically to talk to adults and sell adult products and services and it'd be just part of the social media that for some reason we just haven't cracked that yet well we have the social media just not the selling part like we have fat life but it's kind of like a facebook for fetish people so i mean they are aggressively against mm-hmm. you know professional yeah. services of any kind yeah uh, on fat life and, and i'm somewhat surprised if anyone has success on there for that reason i do um <laughs> i know well you're not look you're not alone there are other people that i know that have had success in the past i've told people you know don't even bother there mm-hmm. when i'm giving them advice because they're so aggressively against that sort of thing but it, but i have more recently have found some people who have some some success with it so you know hey if, if you can ride the line and figure out how to do it, then, you know, whatever works, works. Uh, Finds out that I'm going to be banned tomorrow or something. <laughs> right. Well, right. You know, and X, you know, X is a mess. allows you to kind of say things, but the, but I, I'm telling you right now, anyone who has their content marked as sensitive, which they require you to do, yep. if you're going to put that stuff up there, anyone who has their stuff marked as, as sensitive now is being throttled. There's, oh, yeah. there's no question. Everyone, everyone, no exceptions. Oh, yeah. And even the check mark doesn't help you anymore because it used no. to help in the beginning. Like No, and I actually, can say, yeah, I can say that it doesn't, it does, the old version of the check mark doesn't work because I had one. I mm-hmm. was a verified user and have been since about 2015 mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I, I was notable enough at the time to get a, a, a check mark. Yeah. And, um, they still throttled me. And now since I, and now I pay for it and they're still throttling me. Oh yeah. So, you know, it used to be, let's say three years ago, if I put out a, you know, if I said the sky is blue, I'd get a hundred, you know, reshares mm-hmm. on the, on the tweet. I mean, something that's of no value whatsoever. I had a lot of, I had a lot of, uh, engagement. Yeah. Um, they throttled and, 2021 and again in 2022 Mm -hmm. and this year even more. And so now if I put out what I would consider to be my best content, Mm -hmm. something that should be exciting to the community, if I get 10 reshares, then it's, I mean, that's a good tweet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, 10 reshares. That's outrageous. And that's that's ridiculous. That's nothing. Yeah. You know, how is it supposed to reach a crowd? Yeah. And I mean, why not at the very least remove the blocks for people who have their accounts marked as sensitive or people who have their accounts marked as I'm I'm fine with sensitive content. Why not just remove the, the throttle on those accounts? And then anyone who doesn't have their accounts marked as, Hey, I want to see sensitive content, then throttle it for them. And here's the thing, you can age verify on Twitter now. 
there's there's no reason why you couldn't watch sensitive content if you want to and you're above the age well i i <laughs> that gets into another area which I don't know if it's controversial or not, but I don't think that kids should be on social media at all, or they should be in their own social media. Like, <clears throat> like if you're in, you know, school or something, you could be in a social media for people who are in school and mm -hmm. then you age out at, at 18. Congratulations. You're yep. out of school and you're out of, you know, talking to school age children. Yeah. But you get to graduate into adult social media. So you can oh, yeah. go to Facebook and you can go to uh, Twitter or X or I mean, I you grew know, up Instagram or TikTok I because grew, you have graduated. But I, I grew up in, in the age of Internet where nothing was supervised. I'm sure that right. people of my age have heard those like chats where you can just <laughs> chat with people. I'm sure I'm chatted with some 50 year old when I was 13. Nothing was supervised, so it's getting better. But I agree. I think I think somehow it needs to be cracked down because, you know, sometimes I do feel bad because I put out I put out a lingerie pic because I feel myself. What if 13 year old sees it? I that's mm, and I can't I can't control it anymore. I right. Just, I just can't. Right. I mean, that's not honestly, that's the issue is yeah. if if we have to make social media for 13 year olds, then we can never talk as adults. I mean, yeah. if everything has to be the level of 13 year olds, mm -hmm. then, you know, why do we even have social media if we can't talk about whatever, all of the yeah. adult topics, good and bad? I mean, it's the you same know, like with movies. Because you're self-censoring. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you're 13 years old, you, you're not supposed to go see rated R movies. Your, mm -hmm. your parents can take you. So if your parents want to sign off on you being on social media, then maybe that's a, a, a deal. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's Where? kind of a side topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I love the topic of, speaking of topics, I love the topic of humiliation. Can mm -hmm. you give me an idea how you approach humiliation play and how would you describe your style? Oh boy. Funnily enough, I haven't had a lot of humiliation in the past month. Everybody just had praise kink recently, but I like humiliation with Findom specifically. Um, yep. I really need consent if I'm going to humiliate you. I need you to know that this is a fantasy play. I don't think that you're a worthless piece of right reasons. I can't say it, but um, I, I just I just like the fantasy play of me imagining myself being better than you. Not yeah. actually believing it, obviously, but sure, being sure. better than you. And because I'm better than you, you're going to do things for me. And because you're doing things for me, I can humiliate you with my words and my actions, like spit on you or trample you or whatever. That is a really hot fantasy for me. If you're not ready to do this, that is 100% fine. It's just not your cup of tea. That said, I'm not going to humiliate every single person client I see because you know I also cater to a lot of kings and sometimes I just don't feel like it I'm not a king dispenser if I don't feel like I want to be mean I'm not gonna be mean but I do really enjoy the 
the bratty schoolgirl, which is kind of a problematic image, I know, but the bratty high schooler who who is really popular and everybody's afraid of her and is just going to talk shit about you. I really yeah. enjoy that persona. And okay, I usually yeah. bring that one into humiliation. Yeah. Awesome. I hope that answered it. You did. That's perfect. Good, good, um, good. Speaking to vanilla women now, mm -hmm. what would Excited. you tell them to make them more interested in trying to be dominant in their romantic lives? I'm not going to lie. All of my friends know what I do. I always start with Findom, 100%, because it's shocking. It's really shocking to be like, or feed play, feed pictures. Those are the yeah. two things that I start with. You kind of have to break the 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 wall with shocking factor to be like, oh my God, is this true? And then you can lean into the more kinkier stuff. But I personally always shock them to be like, I just sold five pictures and made a hundred dollars. And they are like, no, you didn't. What is the picture? Is that true? And once they are like there, I'm just going to be like, why don't you top your husband for a little bit? Why don't you put your finger up there, but just, just try it out. Just, just try to do it. <laughs> and I think 80% of my friends try topping now in the bedroom because they're just like, yeah. Because they talk to you. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I always try to uh, take them to the dark side. I'm like, come be a, come be a pro dumb. Come on, let's do it. Let's beat up people. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a very easy sell when you, when you say you can make a lot of money on it, which is why I say kind of a, as a romantic, um, you, you know, romantic play or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, what what would you tell them that the benefits are to you? Like to me, I get very empowered. I get a lot of confidence. I I tr I try to take pictures of myself. It's gonna sound weird. I take no, no, pictures of myself after a session. So whenever I have a bad day or whenever I'm too tired or I'm like overbooked, I can go in and look at the picture and be like, look at that smile. Look at that bitch. She enjoys the shit out of it. And yeah. Even, yeah. and even if I have a bad day where I just like I don't want to do this, I still push through. And every time I push through, it was such a good time. My blood is just just rising. My blood is flowing. I love the power. I I, I do it. I do it at home with my partner too. Like, obviously, I don't charge him. We do it in the bedroom. But it's just right. it's just it's just really empowering to finally take back something that most women have been um, told to to absolutely say that that's disgraceful. I've I'm a little biased. I grew up in a country where it's very, not as bad as, you know, other countries, but it's very like, you're a woman, you can work, but you should be submissive in bed specifically. Mm -hmm. And even if I tried to take control over my partners, it was not, it was not normal. Like it was, we both felt awkward because he didn't know how to submit. I didn't know how to take over if you're not going to submit. Right. And I'm not going to lie. I came to the States and I was like, holy grail. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, what was the question? I don't remember. I think you're, I think you're answering it. One okay. of the, you know, 
that is what I want. That's what I want vanilla women to know is that feeling that you're talking about of empowerment and of elation mm-hmm. and that kind of glow that you get being dominant in the bedroom and getting, I mean, getting things your way. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, imagine instead of, instead of I'm going to have sex with my partner or my husband, I'm going to have a seductive dance with my partner. And because I'm the dominant partner, I kind of can ensure that I'm going to come. I don't know if that needs to be censored, my bad. But that is just... You can say that. <laughs> but that is just such an empowering thought. To It's not only empowering, I would say liberating. It is so freeing to be like, I don't have to do things that men expect me to do. I will do it because I want to do it. I will just do whatever I like and putting consent and reason. And it's just, it's just wonderful. I, I know it sounds weird because I'm a professional dominatrix, but I truly don't do this for the money. I only charge for my time and for my skills because I'm very skilled. Um, obviously, there's more to l- learn, but I'm not going to charge you more than you can earn in a day because I believe that. I'm here because I'm skilled, but I'm also here because I fucking enjoy it. So I, I sometimes give discounts. I shouldn't say this, but sometimes I give discounts because if there's a connection, I just I just want to do it. Yeah, I I think that I think it's important for look, there are so many ideas about what BDSM is in general. But specifically, female domination, and you you nailed it earlier when you said that there are certain expectations for people from your country. But let me say that those expectations are worldwide. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's a spectrum of that. I mean, if if you don't think those expectations are here in America as well, um, you know, that's what women are taught to expect. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's important to hear from someone who's doing it, particularly someone who's doing it in their, in their personal life Mm -hmm. to hear what you get out of that. And I'll also say from the other end, because I've been both dominant and submissive myself in the submissive role. If you know that the woman is getting, if she's. Guiding the activities, Mm -hmm. then you know that she's getting what she needs, and that can be very liberating. You don't have to go, hey, I wonder if you know if that worked for her, or if she's getting out of out of it what she wants. It's such a relief (laughs) to know that you know that you were guided to do something or you were mm-hmm. told to do something and of course you know that look that submissive's going to get things out of it as well particularly if you're in a you know if you're in a relationship there's negotiation nothing is one sided but at least at least you know as a submissive that you know you're being guided to do certain things uh, you don't get that in a vanilla relationship. Some people don't even talk mm-hmm. about sex in the bedroom. They don't oh, even yeah. have a discussion about it. Oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, you know, in BDSM, one of the great things is that you 
you talk about it before, mm -hmm. during, and after, you know. And, and it's beautiful because you will know exactly what to do the next time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have a, a what I call a post-mortem where you, you know, you go over what happened and here are the things that worked and here are the things that didn't work. And here's the stuff we'd like to do next time. And uh, it's basically aftercare if you think about it. Absolutely. It's aftercare. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely part of that. Um, yeah. Honestly. I mean, if you're in the middle, if you're in the middle of subspace, it's very difficult to articulate anything. But once you get past that, yeah, yeah you, you, you discuss what happened for sure. I think we just you know. accidentally figured out why vanilla people are sometimes not that happy in their sex life. Of course. They don't do aftercare. And it's so important. Well, they don't. They don't do any of what I just said. Yeah. When you're in a when you're in a BDSM in most BDSM relationships, at the very least, you have a discussion about hey, what are we going to do here? You get some consent. Mm -hmm. You might, you know, if you're in in a you're going to start a relationship or it's going to be a long term thing, you might go through a BDSM playlist and you check off all the things. These are the things uh -huh. that I've done. These are the things I'd like to do. These are the things I will never do. And then you say, this is what I love. I love doing this. This thing right here is the best thing in the world. I want to do this all the time. This <laughs> thing I, I don't want to ever do, but I will do it for you to make you happy. That's a conversation that doesn't happen in a vanilla relationship. No. And there are you just don't so have established for both parties. Right. Right. And, you know, once you get in the bedroom, you have established roles. Everyone knows what they're, they're there for. Yeah. And then afterward, yeah, you have the you have the wind down where you discuss, you know, hey, you you care for each other. You care for each other. It, it, it happens both directions. And you say, you know, again, what worked? What didn't work? What would we like to do next time? And if there's any physical issues or emotional issues, mm -hmm. you know, you're there for each other. Vanilla people don't do any of that, which is exactly why a lot of vanilla people are dissatisfied in their relationship is because oh, yeah. they're uncomfortable talking about it and they don't have any method set up to talk about it. It's, so it's that is one. Sad. Yeah, that is one huge advantage that people it's like uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. It's not basic Dungeons and Dragons. It's advanced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it comes with the whole, there's, there's many more rule books, but BDSM <laughs> is, is more advanced, you know, uh, interpersonal relationships because yeah. there are guidelines and there are expectations that are laid out, you know, 100%. But I think, I think for vanilla people, it might be scary to get into relation, um, to BDSM because, you know, you look into it and you are like, there's so many rules, but I mean, the rules and regulations are just there for your safety. And also you can like change it with your own partner. Like you just, you just need to communicate. BDSM is all about communication for fuck's sake. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, look, I, I don't, I do not advocate vanilla people get into BDSM mm. uh, unless they're interested. <laughs> if mm -hmm. you're interested, by all means do it. But I, I'm just saying that if, if vanilla couples used some of the, the elements, including, you know, safe words and consent yeah. and talking about stuff. Because, I mean, look, I've been in vanilla relationships too. And I can tell you that 
a lot of the things that are assuaged in a BDSM relationship because the, the players have roles and we talk about this stuff, it doesn't happen in a vanilla relationship because mm-hmm. you never know how to bring this stuff up. You don't ever want to assume, hey, we might we might go to the bedroom this evening. You know, the first time that you, you don't want to ever have that conversation yeah. before you do it because it's very presumptuous to think, hey, you know, I might get lucky tonight or whatever. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about our limits. Uh, you know, it's it, it's very off-putting to, yeah. to the, the regular, uh, you know, to not regular, but vanilla people or whatever. But you got to do it. Stuff. You got to do it. Yeah, you, you, you should... Consent should be something that should happen in, in any case. And honestly, it should be taught in sex classes. Like, you know, in, in school, when you get absolutely. sex education, it should oh my be God. taught. I don't oh, remember absolutely. a single relationship where anybody asked for my consent other than a BDSM relationship. And because you know what? Woman, it was, you know, like beat up to me. Like if a man comes on to me and I'm dating, I should do it. And You're I right. just so liberated that I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> You know, but movies and Hallmark mm-hmm. shows and stuff all create this um, this routine around like not spoiling the first kiss. Yeah, uh, you know, like like kind of oh, here's a surprise first kiss. Mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing. There's there's implied consent in that. You know, it's usually not yeah. the guy grabbing the girl and forcing them to kiss. It's, you know, it's like both of them approach each other or whatever. Of course, of course. But it's not, it's not explicit consent, you know, and, and that goes to the next level and the next level and the next level. Mm -hmm. All of it's supposed to be spontaneous. And the problem with all of that spontaneity is you never talk about, you know, what's next and what are you into and hey, you need to stay away from this area, (laughs) you know, please. At least a lot of crying in the bedroom. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Th- then no one's getting what they want and need, which is that that's the real tragedy. And then if you bring it up because you're brave, it's just going to be awkward because you brought it up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I'm a mean, lot of can... trauma right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, I know that this is kind of the last hurrah before you take off some time for uh you know the next few weeks the holiday season um what's up for you next after that what do you have planned early next year or next year i'm not sure if i can talk a lot about it but i have a plan to be in a bdsm magazine cover we don't know when specifically but the pictures are submitted um i'm also trying to help a friend build her dungeon at her new place. Uh, I have a friend who has her dungeon. I'm not sure what she calls it anymore because she's moving to a new place. So I can't really advertise it yet. But she is building a dungeon and she is an ex-dominatrix who wants to help newer dominatrixes or like anyone in the area. And I'm going to help her like put it all together. And I'm definitely going to be on Vanilla next year and Fetish Ball. I'm going to be there. Anyone who don't want to see me there, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> and everyone who wants to see me there, Watch I'll out. be there. <laughs> um, and uh, I also have some online seminars. And I can't tell where, but I will have some in-person seminars here in Dallas, too. You say online seminars. Where do you do those? 
Uh, I do it on Discord servers. Um, okay. I do. I do have three servers that I hold seminars at. Cool. Or we'll hold it. It's Findom Deluxe. It's BDSM Syndicate and um, Dominant Academy. And that's Very cool. only for dominance. Yeah, yeah. Very so, cool. I just love right. to educate. I love writing better, but I, I like holding seminars too. That's awesome. What are you writing? Anything that I'm obsessed with, honestly. Um, I am kind of writing a book right now about hypnosis, but no one's allowed to know. So don't tell anybody. But That's right where I was going. <laughs> I, I am writing. I'm so writing maybe you should. Not a, not a lot of stuff like that out there. That would be a, a differentiator for you. Actually, you're wrong about that. There is. There are I'm, some. There are some uh, books. I'm just going to grab one real quick because. This sure, is great. Important. Please. Yeah, yeah. I want to there put you are up here. some hypnosis books out there. Oh, look at this. Hey, oh, this yeah. is, I'm glad I asked this question. So this is the latest version. Okay. Very important. Super good at coming about safe, uh, talking about safety and how this hypnosis works in the erotic um, zone. These are the same books. They are little different but they are the same books like this one is just an updated version okay and this is like a regular hypnosis one not an erotic hypnosis one what i'm gonna um what i'm focusing on because these are talking about how hypnosis works and the other one is based on safety i'm talking about specifically the female domination of hypnosis oh very good in the book that i'm writing currently i have 22 pages it's a mess but it's gonna be there that's and, the way it works <laughs> and, it's a mess uh, until you bang it into shape oh yeah and the only other thing is that i'm i'm writing for a dark side magazine which is a bdsm magazine pretty regularly um my next article is gonna be about whipping actually very and cool it's gonna be all about safety i even have a pictures of like what me what uh whips mean and everything so good yeah uh, I am, I was the cover artist for dark side mag cover photographer for dark side magazine in, in November of mm-hmm. 2023. I um, also had the, uh, my photography throughout the, uh, throughout the article with mistress darling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a regular contributor to, uh, what they call Dirk Hooper's gallery, which is uh, some of my artwork. So that, that happens monthly. So shout out to dark side. Yeah, we love Dark Side. They were featured me four times, and oh my god, I'm so excited! They're so good. I love Dark Side magazine. Get your copy. I mean, Dirk Cooper is in there. What else do you need? I'm in there monthly. (laughs) And look, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been in all kinds of magazines and stuff. I have said this on on many occasions, so I'm not breaking any news here. The design in that book, in 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 uh in that magazine is has represented my work better than any other magazine that I've been in ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I, I it, it's a rare, I mean, it, it happens. It always happens, but it's a rare occasion that there are any mistakes in there where my name is misspelled or you get the links wrong or mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, most of the time it's like a, 
when I get published someplace, it's the excitement of being published coupled with the disappointment of something major being wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this case, I, I have been, and again, mistakes happen and it will happen in there and everywhere else that I'm in forever. But I've been very lucky in dark side that they've been very good with, with details, but more importantly, the design of the thing. I mean, like I do visual art, um, you know, both both drawing things and doing photography. And it's great to have the design that backs that up and makes my stuff look the yes. best it, it, it can. They, That's they a just, huge thing. They just they just get it. Um, I think the latest issue in October was, I think I submitted a hypnosis one. And, you know, I sent it a couple of pictures. I'm like, choose whatever. I usually send like a shit ton. And they just put it together so, I want to put it on a wall. They put it together so beautifully. The background that they chose, how they like positioned, it's just, it's just beautiful. I tell the editor all the time, I may, he might be tired of hearing it, but I mean, <laughs> but you know, I've been doing this so long that to to find someone who is monthly and who welcomes me mm-hmm. to their pages and who takes such good care of the stuff that I send them, you know, makes it look so good i really deeply appreciate it so look if anyone is interested in writing from the baroness or my artwork or occasionally my photography uh go to Mm darksidemagazine.com and get their latest issue it's you can get it in physical copy or a digital copy and they also have a patreon account where you can get a lot of behind the scenes stuff and you can get things earlier and you can get that whole back catalog which is maybe the most important thing because there's not a lot of these uh, fetish magazines out there, to be honest. Mm-mm. Also, a note, few. note that if you get a physical copy, you also get a digital copy. Just to oh, sure. yeah, good. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, good point. Um, let's talk about your links. Here are the links below. Tell people where they can find you. Mostly on Twitter. I know. I know it's not not arrows, but mostly on Twitter with House of Baroness. That is H A U S of Baroness, not houses like the house. Right. Um, with Koji has everything that I have from wish list to where I've like which magazines I've been on, which interviews, which podcasts, so you can listen to me. It's uh, the Baroness, just one word: the Baroness. And I do have a website. It is up. It's called houseofdbaroness.com. However, bear with me because it, we are we are doing it from scratch and it's it's not perfect, but it's my baby and you can find me there. All right. Excellent. And you mentioned some Discord servers. How do you, if people are interested in being involved, do they have to be uh, uh, submissive to you or are you giving that out to other people? No, no. Um, my my own Discord server is called Findom Deluxe. I am working on a Hypno server too. Um, but it's called Findom Deluxe. Despite the name Findom, we do cater to Fandom too. We have over... I'm actually going to look it up real quick. We have a sure. lot of people there. Um, but you can come in. You don't have to be my submissive. You can be... Uh, dominance, which whatever you cater to, you can all, you can come if you want to find other people. You can come in if you would like to educate yourself, what or just to talk like a munch. We we do it all honestly. That's and awesome. 
we have over 1400 people so there will be some there will be some people who want to talk to you we are very very welcoming any issues are handled rapidly because and you can you you can can be on there as dominant and submissive you can be both people you can be dominant you can be, be submissive you can be a switch whatever you are we also have specific chats for asexuals and um agender people too who do not want to talk sexually specifically but still are in the kink scene so mm-hmm. we also have a chat for littles so if you if you don't want to talk adult you can be there and like color some books we yep. have games we have all this stuff and that's all in my bitkoji or you can go to twitter or x my bad it's x and it's findom deluxe which is Findom as F-I-N-D-O-M and Deluxe as D-E-L-U-X-E. One word, Findom Deluxe. Um, yeah, if you'll send me those links, I'll include them in the uh, in the stuff as well. I will, absolutely. All right, well, Baroness, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you. This was so refreshing. It was. I was a little nervous because, you know, fangirling, but it was just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's it's been great having you here. And I hope I hope sincerely that this isn't the last time that I have you on something like this. Um in the new year, I'm going to be hopefully doing some panels where mm-hmm. I get like maybe three or four guests together and we talk about a subject like dronification or hypnosis or something or whatever. And uh you know, just get your expertise all together. So I'd ask a question and everyone would kind of have their take on the subject. So hopefully I can get you on that too. I'm really excited. I hope too. And I cater to a lot of things. Those are just my specialties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was a blast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Is there anything else you want to mention before I take over here and uh, wrap us up? Follow me on Twitter and follow Dark Hooper on Twitter. Yeah, please. And happy holidays. (laughs) Yes. For everyone watching out there uh, in uh, December of 2023, Mm -hmm. uh, happy holidays for you because these things tend to do pretty good over time too. So people will be watching Mm -hmm. us in the summer next year. And if you get get coal in your stockings, that's really good for impact play. Ah, (laughs) very good. Very Mm -hmm. clever. (laughs) All right. Fetish Week is news, articles, events, instruction, advice, and interviews about the kink and fetish and BDSM community available free on my site, www.darkcooper.com. There it is right there. The video you're watching now will be on several platforms. Please leave a like, share, or subscribe. It's exceptionally difficult to get good information out to the public about these adult topics, and your support can help a lot. Much love to you all out there. Until next time, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard. Thanks for listening to Fetish Week. Find more episodes, art, news, and more 